Hey guys, this is Chris. I don't know where Rennie is. I know he's I know he's working on it, but he's late. We're gonna have to give him a hard time. There he is. Look at this. Hey, sorry, oh, I was having God. a little Gosh, I was having a little I was having a little technical difficulty. I plugged my mic in, but one of my ports is dead in my in my little uh <laughs> my little sidebar. So I was like, ah, How's it gotcha. going? Good morning. I, I was just—I was just telling these guys you're late to your own party. No, I'm—I'm I'm never late to this. But we did—we did—we were—we were having a good time this morning. We're already talking. You know what? This is going to make up for it. We saved lives yesterday. Our group that's here, we saved lives. Was it dog lives? Well, in the afternoon, yes. So we found on the way back from dinner with these guys, we came across two gorgeous little little lost fur babies and we put their owners back you know them back with their own their their uh, families this morning early but it made for an interesting evening with seven dogs on the property so I bet. uh and then yesterday <laughs> we rescued a hummingbird that was stuck in the shop and she finally just she just was worn out she landed on the floor i went and picked her up i took her up to our hummingbird feeders um kind of got her to be able to perch on it i went back a couple times and Went back up one time and she was actually feeding out of it. And I kind of rubbed my finger over the back of her and she went into a hover, looked at me, and boom, took off. So we did our good deeds. So we're gonna blame go. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say that we're we are 30 seconds late because of that. So <laughs> so hey, we'll I think, see. We're, we're I think everybody will survive. Yeah, they will. They'll they'll survive. They'll survive. So I want to make sure. So did you see the picture in the background? I can see it, yeah. That's Rip and I, and, and this, this is wise because we met. That picture was taken almost a year ago to the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's like our your, love, your, it's your our love birthday. Yeah, it is. So I was out with them Sunday, and we just, with everything that went on in our, you know, with our family, uh, I didn't get to get out there too often with them. And boy, he was, he was. It, it, if he was a dog, he would have been in my lap. It was bad enough he was trying to do it. And I'm like, dude, you're 1,300 pounds. You know, you can't sit in my lap. But, yeah, he's he's funny. But it was a, it was a good time. So, so hey, we're gonna... uh, real quick, Jason Bruno chimed in uh, regarding the hummingbird. Uh, he's pointing out that all your search and rescue training finally paid off. It finally did pay <laughs> off. It finally paid off. Yeah. I was going to say something that. 10 years ago would have been funny, but in today's world, I'd probably get sued. So I, I'm not going to, I'll say it later. Cause these guys are all, pretty, they're all, they're all used to it this week, but yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Yeah. Jen, th thanks for the confidence, buddy. Appreciate it, man. So uh, really cool. We're going to, we're going to get these guys, God, man, is this going to happen again? <laughs> this happened on the last podcast. I was chasing the fly off me the whole time. We got fly season up here in the mountains right now. And it's horrible. Um, we got these flycatcher things, and it's like a, it's like a fly death, you know, graveyard. Uh, but they're not quite dead yet. They get stuck to it, and then you can hear their wings, and then finally they collapse and die. But um, there's my insensitivity right there. You know, probably get sued for that too. Um, so hey, yeah, it's uh, we're gonna see you later this morning. You're gonna be up here. Yeah, probably uh, probably noon or so. Just Hard in time to, to watch. Yeah, that figures. That figures. See, <laughs> see. No, he's you're what on a good day you're two and a half hours from here, two hours. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. Uh, two, two and a half is pretty much a minimum to get up there for me. I gotcha. can get home faster, but it takes a little longer to get up there. 
Yeah, the group when we were training, we had to go down the hill on Friday night last time uh, because my brother just matter of fact, that's weird. It's, it was a month ago. My brother, uh, no, not one. It was almost like three weeks ago. But Chris comes flying past us. So I was driving the truck, and Chris comes flying past us in his mini. <laughs> it sounded like what's that one movie? Is like back, not to Back to the Future, but where they they drive. I mean, it wasn't quite the sound of an electric car, but it was definitely the sound of a mini. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got we got we're working on an electric car right now, and you get in it, it makes all the sounds. I'm still not quite used to that. You know, kind of cool. Ten year old me would have dug it. You know, but well, yeah. we're gonna have these guys come behind us real quick. Our classes here are five days here, so we're gonna have them jump behind, uh, including one of our interns is MIA until a little later this morning. He went back to uh, take his wife home, so these guys are gonna jump behind us and introduce themselves real quick and then we're going to jump right into this thing so go for it guys look into the light yeah ben you get you got a tall one up there i'm losing half his head hold on we'll, we'll put it up like this <laughs> there, we go. Like, there we go so who All do we right. got anybody uh mike clark dual residency california and texas sean cool. de hollywood florida michael macias from los angeles california and i'm Britt stokes from provo utah there we go. I'm Josh Pierce from Iowa City, Iowa. How's that? Yay! Right? You know, I'm I'm told that uh, I'm told they call him Grandpa Josh. They it, do. Yeah. I'm Grandpa. We sent something. Uh, so you guys have a seat. Uh, we sent something over. As Zach sent us something yesterday in regards to that, and we sent him we sent him something back a little message of Johnny Cash, uh, waving at him with a middle finger. So, you know, that was uh, was kind of kind of fun, kind of fun. So. Uh, yeah, so we're, you know, we're really excited. We had a lot. We had a great week last week. We we're up in um, Monterey. That was fun. Uh, team Double Black, uh, Team Rag Company was with us. Josh was up with us. Um, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? A lot of cool cars. Uh, it was really cool to get to be able to see a lot of detailers, too, and how the detailing community's grown, how individuals in the, in the industry have grown. Uh, we saw some good friends. We met some new ones. It was it was a good time, man. It was a really good time, and Mafia killed it. Um, it was just a lot a lot of work for uh, you know D Dave uh, uh, Dave and and Bob and Keith put a shitload of work into it. Sydney and Kyle got up there, uh, did a lot of work to it. But it was then the Mafia worked their booties off. I think we got it easy though because uh, a couple. Of the team members and a couple of the rack company guys had to go to the auction and prep the cars right before the auction just as we had already cleaned them up but they had to go through and wipe them down right before they went on you know on stage and um we thought the auction would be running a little late and it didn't so i think it started at four and ended at nine and they had 90 cars go over the block so do the do the math on that that's a car like every two minutes three minutes you know so they're I, hustling i heard things were moving so fast that they actually only dressed the tires that were facing the audience. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we, like I said, we'd already hit it, but we had so much wet weather. Uh, if yeah. it wasn't raining, it was dew. Um, so it was it was kind of a challenge. But it was, uh, you know, we got to we got to see a lot of cool people. Gordon McCall. Uh, it's always great to see Gordon, and uh, you know, to watch the Broad Arrow Group kind of. This was their their first. Monterey, um, you know, not collectively, but you know, as individuals, there's some pretty talented people who have been in the game for a long time. But it was it was a cool time. So, um, so check this out. Mo so Monterey auctions this year had a record year as a whole. All the auctions together, 
uh, there was four hundred and seventy million dollars in sales My last God. week up there. Wow. And uh, the previous record was back in twenty fifteen, was just under four hundred million. That's a big. That's so. a big jump. Well, I'll tell you, some of those top level people. As you're driving into Monterey, we always take food collections up, you know, and gatherings for donations because they they got it tough up there. I mean. You know, I don't see how they're making it. You know, their guest houses are only like, you know, 2,800 square feet. And, you know, their main residence. And, you know, it, it's tough. It's that 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 echelon of life. Um, you know, we saw it at the party that night. And once again, we, we, we uh, I'm not even going to go there. I can incriminate myself there, too. Never mind. We set in a special spot, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. got in a special spot. And so, uh, it was pretty cool. I think they actually just let us in there. Though, yeah. We are cool. And then Josh and I were dressed like twins. We didn't know it wasn't planned, but we had the same color suits on. And uh, we, look, we look good. Mm -hmm. We look good. We look good. So, hey, uh, topic today. It's not if it's not me, then who? It's going to be someone. Someone's going to make your dream happen. And if you don't take action, I love having you guys here, by the way. I do. I just love because I feel like I'm. I'm talking to friends online, but I got friends right here, you know, but I'm going to say it again. If it's not me, then, then who And my answer to that? Why wouldn't it be you? And I really, and I'm going to share some of my struggles and I still struggle with that somewhat. You know, you think I'd be a lot of people that don't know me or maybe some they do think I'm cocky. think I'm, you know, arrogant, not me, man, not me. I'm so still very self aware that, I'm not real confident. I, there's things I don't believe that I deserve still. Uh, and it's not that I don't deserve them, but I just don't think guys like me get that. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of us really do. And I think the difference between, you know, I've done, you know, not bragging, I've done well. A blue collar industry, I've done well. But I would, when I was working with Undercover Billionaire on the show, I, I found myself, I've never compared myself to anybody. Even in football, I'm not a big dude. But I never thought I was my height. I always thought I was six foot and over, you know. In business, I, I just didn't know I was a special ed kid that wasn't going to be able to make it. I just didn't, but I didn't see myself as a billionaire. Now, in the early days of my life, the thing I, the excuse I told myself was I didn't want to give up items in life to work that hard to make it happen. And so that's not the facts. Everything's difficult. Choose your difficult. Being broke is difficult. Becoming a millionaire is difficult. I can't imagine that becoming a billionaire uh, isn't easy. It's, it's, it's hard. It's all difficult. Choose your difficult. Hey, Randy, I, keep, go, keep going. I got to step away for a second. You bet. You bet. So, again, it's not me. Then who? Somebody's going to you might think you've got a unique dream. What I found out in life is a lot of shared people, a lot of shared ideas. Now, your idea might be unique. But how long is it going to be unique? I've had ideas even in this industry and in small business and thought, man, this is cool. I got some time. You know, I'm going to sit on this for a little while, you know, bank some money and then take action. And six months later, somebody did it. Something really unique. And I didn't say a word to anybody. Somebody else was creative. If it's not me, who? It's going to be somebody. Now, let me, let me tell you this again. The right outlook. 
you just got to believe that you can. You've got to take and understand that you can. You are limitless. You can do anything that you want to. There's going to be a price to pay, and you got to execute. And there's where people get messed up. Um, I'm going to give you an insight on some true facts. Okay, some true facts is 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 some own my own limited ways. But then how I just I I sometimes I over I I I was thought man I'm dreaming big you know I'm dreaming so big can I make this happen? And sometimes I made those items happen, but I thought too small in making them happen. Meaning that maybe I came in at the wrong price. Maybe I came in with the wrong agreement. Maybe I came in with not the other party having a full understanding of what I meant. Maybe I was too scared to share those meanings of really what I wanted. And it might have, in most cases, it worked out fine. But in some cases, not so. And so we're going to. You're too scared to share. I, I, we can't. I can't. Let me roll. If we stop, I'm going to go 500 directions. Um, so I couldn't take in. Maybe it was a deal that I was building with somebody and I really wanted to hit it here. But I was too scared that saying I wanted to hit it here would blow the deal. Does that make sense? So if I I really shared where I wanted to be in the deal, I'd lose the deal. No, I wouldn't have. But I didn't find that out till later. Is that you've got to know your worth, and your worth has got to constantly go up as long as something's happening. I mean, you guys are fine examples of that right now. As long as your education keeps to being being there and that you're engaging, you know, and you've got the right people around you. So as success started to hit me in my own life is my old brain implants, the old way that I used to think about myself kept creeping up. Okay. So let's go back over those things is that. In the early days of, of not understanding, you know, why I had this broken family and why this family was was so just not normal. I saw other friends. Was it normal? Probably a lot more normal than I thought. But coming up in the time I did, coming up where I did and not having a father, uh, it, it I was an oddball, you know. It definitely, it caused some friction in life. It caused friction in friendships. It caused friction in sports because these other kids that their dad might have been a worker at the cement plant. Their dad might have been a delivery driver. Their dad might have been a milkman. Their dad might have been the local trash man, but their dad was there and their dad was engaged in their life and their dad was engaged in their sports and their dad was teaching them dad things. And I had a mom and a grandma that was trying to do as best they could. They really did. They they did better than that what they should have should have done could have done. But it still was a difference. And so that set me up with some stinking thinking. I'm not valuable. You know, I remember the first the first time I went out for baseball. What are you five or six years old, right? You get out there. The worst team in our league was the Blacks. If you got on a team, you did not. They were the bad news bears of Colton. You did not want to get put on that team. It was kind of the rejects. What team did I get put on? The Blacks. What team did I turn out to love? The Blacks. We were the rejects, but we had fun and we bonded. We knew we weren't very good. 
if there's an A, A team list of all the A teams, a B team list of all the B teams, and a C team list of all the C teams, we were the D team. We were the only team on the D because none of us, and you know what, the one thing, and I've never shared this before, the one thing that 90% of us had in common, there's two things that we had in common. We we're poor and we didn't have dads in our life. Almost the entire team. Now, you'd think they would have thought about that. It's a different time. You know, you talk about segregation, you talk about, you know, separating people. It just wasn't a ethnic separation. It was a culture separation too. And I witnessed that firsthand. Now, did it bother me? Well, of course, I'm still talking about it. But it also got a little fire going in me to where I was like, okay, I'm on this team. I'm going to make the best of it. Second thing around was is that I get put in special ed. I'm not learning. I got, you know, found out I had eight. Well, they didn't know what ADD was. I was literally, and I, I've been called out for using this name, but it's, it's true, is we were in the retarded class. That's what they called it is they told my grandma I was had a partial retardation and it wasn't it was ADD you know that set us back again and it set some, some really bad thinking into my mind because I knew I was different but you know what happened was is that as as the kids around me and there are some really needy kids in that class I mean I I had it good I had a learning disability some of these kids had some real challenges right but what I found out is that my friends that were in the gifted class, a lot of them had teased me about going in there, started to see the change in me. And credit to them, these are young kids. These are five and fifth and sixth graders. To credit to them, when they started noticing those changes, they stopped treating me bad. So I knew there was goodness in people's heart. Okay. Now, at that same time, I start, you know, I'm really involved in Boy Scouts. And one of I got elected the... Um, I can't remember what it's called now. God, I just had to tip my tongue. But I was, you know, I was Grand Poobah. I mean, I, they put me into the PAC leadership position, you know, for our Boy Scout troop. And, and I remember feeling so honored that they trust me like that. And the reason why is that with my, with my limitations in life, I'd learned how to have fun. Now, I had some brothers that were struggling from some different problems at that time. So my fun wasn't going to go that direction. Wasn't going to be substance related. It was going to be outdoor related. So we take off. And mind you, these we're 10, 12-year-old kids. And we'd hike up here to the mountains from Colton. That's halfway between here. or That's three-quarters of the way. It's not far from where you guys flew into. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We would end up in Big Bear and not take a road we'd be gone for days but we you know what that led into my ability for mountaineering who would have ever guessed that later in life that i would be on mountainsides or in the desert dropped off by a helicopter to go rescue somebody and those first exposures set the table for that journey and so again mindset is mindset over matter if you think it you're going to be it i really believe that and I've limited where I could be in my life by some stinking thinking. So now let's go through some other opportunities that we had. So I, we, we dive back in, sharing with you guys, when we go back into detailing in the late 90s, we just lost everything in a really bad business deal. For the first time since I was a 
a, a, a teenager, I was broke again. Uh, but this time I had, I had a family, I had a wife, I had responsibilities. And again, the one thing that I, I think for me, being somebody that was raised without a lot of money was the last thing you ever wanted to go back to was not having a lot of money or being broke. And so it kind of set me in a, in a tailspin for just a short time. I wouldn't say depression, but I was like confused. Where am I going to go? And so I said, I'm going to go back to what I love. So I went to Diane and I was telling you, I had a whole nother plan. I was going to start a consulting business. I did really well. We ran, I ran a $12 million, you know, uh, a pot of a corporation, sector of a corporation, 12 million a year in my 20s. So I was going to go back and do that, but on my own. So I just got into detailing again, just to pay the bills for a little while. Right. But then when I got into it, I, I learned one thing. I really liked it. I really missed it. I was all about cars. It was all about airplanes. So I decided at that time in my mind that I was going to change something. I was going to change the perception. You see, at that moment, and still in some people's minds that maybe even listen to this, detailing is for rich people performed by broke people. Now, I'm, I'm going to say that again. Detailing is something that rich people do that poor people, poor folks perform for them. And, and I saw that, but I also saw that this attorney, Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, and this dude that owned his own businesses were no better than me. Somehow I had to take and show them that without being arrogant somehow i had to show them that i was worth respecting and that what i was doing with their cars was worthy so i started on that and the way i did that was by giving them an outstanding experience their buying experience was over the top much like you in fine dining right <laughs> that's right and what i did is i well, i already had a heart of hospitality i never was trained in hospitality I was brought up by an Italian grandma that demanded it. You said, please, thank you, open the doors. Matter of fact, if my, if my to this day, you know, almost 30 years in with Diane, if my grandma had ever, even if Diane and I are mad at each other, man, if I don't open that door for her, I still think of that Italian lady beat me on the head. There's no way I'd get away with that. No way. So the hospitality side was was. I really think that was it was it was bred into me, you know. You can learn it. You're not as good at hospitality and creating experiences when you have to learn it. But if it's in your heart and it's in your passion, I think that it will be in your heart for life once you allow it in. I changed the game for me and and, and I don't brag a lot. I changed the game for a lot of people in this industry by showing that you could give an experience and you can make money and that you could be a wealthy person serving the rich as a detailer. You don't have to be dead broke. You don't have to take and have holes in your shoes. You don't have to take and have nothing in your pocket. You don't have to have no hope, no dreams. Is you, All that was, that's in the past. And if I'm speaking to you right now and you're kind of stuck in that spot, you can get out. You just got to think your way out. So first big change happened is that when I went to my first show, is that I was profitable. We lost everything the day before Thanksgiving in 98. Dave Morris, 
he's listed here. Good friend of mine was pilot, uh, personal assistant, and and bodyguard to a very very wealthy woman, and he flew he flew a jet for him. We're over him 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 and I and their family are all kids. We're all the same age. We all gotten close, and I I I broke down kind of not crying or anything, but told him what had just happened. That I got sucker punched, you know. And uh, he goes, God, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I don't know. I got a couple plans. I said, you know, it sounds weird. And I was almost embarrassed to say this. But I, I had a higher power telling me to say it for some reason. And I felt I needed to say it to him. I said, Dave, you're gonna, you know, you're a car guy, but I almost want to get back into detailing. And I was I almost sat there like, OK, incoming. He's going to just, you know, laugh his ass off. Dave's a pretty wealthy guy. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, Rennie, this area you know, coming from a high, the high end, the highest of the level in this area, dealing with these people, the fact that you're so, you've got such a wonderful way about you, you would kill it. And he says, my, my jet that I fly, I have to do it myself. How much would you charge me to do it every week? Let's go down and take a look at it and figure out the dollars and cents. The rest is history. Dave Morris introduced me to so many people and when he was acceptance of it, he's a blue collar guy that just happened to swim with the not so blue collars. Right. He taught me a lot because Dave in the background, he wasn't, he was the same person, but he's blue collar. He worked on cars. He built stuff. He's a woodworker. He's up in Alaska fishing right now. He's a, he's a man's man. He drank. We'd sit in his, in his hangar and, have a cigar and drink whiskey, sip whiskey. But when he got, when, when, when the money came into the picture, that dude was elegant. He was a class act. He could go between his worlds very easily. So what did I do? I imitated that. I brought that quality into my life. I learned how to speak in the proper things to say and not say around that crowd. I learned how to dress, how they would, Okay, how much am I paying you? You're dressed way too nice to be my detailer. Okay, don't do that. Where I would have nice uniforms, but not too nice, but not average. Follow me on that one? We had to fit in, and Dave Morris fit us in. Um, right after that time, 1990, 1999, I know this is way back in the 1900s, guys. I was at a show. I was at a car wash show in Las Vegas. And I had our logo on. I've got a shirt. I'll pull up an apron. We still have them from the original ones. And it had my attention to detail wings on it. They called it the flying wings. And underneath it, it says, if you fly it or drive it, we shine it. That was our tagline. Okay. I walk up to this booth. I'm talking to these people. And they've got some interesting products. And, and there's not really products. There's a whole bunch of different products. And so it turns out they're a research company that researches things in different industries and they're there to, to promote hey if uh if xyz valvoline oil if you need to have some studies done you know to see this and that well they were doing a case study for a company called shell oil specifically aeroshell their aviation division so this guy i'll never forget him yeah real preppy guy you know was just proper as could be comes up and he goes, so uh, you really do airplanes? And I said, yeah. At that point, I was probably doing about about 80% of my work was corporate jets, right? So I said, yeah, absolutely, every day. It's part of my life every day. 
and he goes, we need to talk. We're doing some research for a company and I'd love to learn more. And I said, well, I'm here to talk. So he was over and buys me a, a matter of fact, he's the one that got me. I never drank coffee before. He's the one that got me drinking coffee. And uh, you know, he goes over and we have a, you know, bottle of water and we're sitting down and spend about an hour and he's asking me a lot of different questions about detailing aircraft and uh, nothing proprietary, nothing secrets, just different facts. So spend an hour with him, right? It's great. So we exchange information and uh, I walk away and about a week later, he calls me, you know, and he says, hey, man, I'd really like to come up and visit you and watch you do a detail. Is that okay? And I said, well, time out. Time out. The old Rennie would say, yeah, give, 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 give. The, the, the business Rennie said, what exactly are you looking for? And he goes, well, I want to see the systems and process. Okay. He said, I don't have any secrets, but I'm gonna, it's going to slow me down, that system and process. And he says, I'll bring a check with, with me. That was $5,000. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. $5,000. Yeah, yeah, that's a great number. I was going to tell him a grand. See my small thinking? See where I was going, where I always cut myself off? I was thinking in my head, guys, a grand. Threw out $5,000 instantly. He came up. He watched our process. because it's great. About two weeks later, he wants to introduce me to a couple of team members. And he said, would you be interested in coming on retainer with us? He's like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I said, what are you thinking? He goes, well, thinking about getting you for a year. It's going to be about this amount, amount of time. Um, we want to get you to a couple of the air shows. And just have you walk through. We like how you vision things. So we're willing to give you a $50,000 retainer to take and help us out. That led into a 10-year relationship with Shell Oil. They were the customer. And we co-created this book right here. This flight jacket book it was produced in 1999, came out in 2000. And every three to five years, they send me a note and I have to give them permission to keep printing it been in print. If you look, there's pictures of me in here with hair, you know, it goes back, but it started a, a relationship and it also started a new sector of our business. Now, since that time, Flex Tools, nine years later, I got engaged with Flex. It's still a great relationship to this day. Okay. Right after that, Sonex. I had a great relationship, still have a, a great working relationship with Sonics today, you guys used some product yesterday. Uh, and now, of course, Double Black, you know, and PNS is that the relationships kept evolving and changing. Now, what did I think? Let's go back for a second. Let's go back to the beginning. That first time I had a big opportunity like that. Here's where I met on this is what was I thinking the deal should look at? That should I have ownership in it. I should have a not just a consulting fee, not just a spokesperson fee, but I should have some some ownership in a in a brand that we're helping to create. I was too scared to ruin the deal. So Shell comes up at the end, the head guy. We'd worked all we're eleven years. I was under contract for ten. He comes up to me the last time they gave me a check, and he goes, "You know," he says, "God, I wish I would have said something." We've become such great friends. And Jerry, Jerry's his name. And he says, you know, you know where we both blew it for you? He goes, I've got a great retirement with Shell. You don't. And he says, we should have got your ownership in this damn brand. And I could have done it. I went, damn it. I was thinking big and I didn't say big. 
I limited myself. Why? Let them say, no, that won't work and come up with an alternative. Now, how does this reflect back to detailing? Are you too damn cheap on every car you're working on? Do you see a problem car come in? Do you see something that's really nice that you can turn it into a jewel? Don't limit yourself. There's no reason to. The only people that are thinking, now some people are, a lot of people you're going to come in contact with are going to say this. They're going to say, man, it's too expensive. Say, thank you. Do you know why? I'm trained and certified. We carry the best insurance. We're continuing education. We're going to take care of your car and no, do no harm. We're going to make your car better, not worse. My competition can't say that. Simple as this. Now, let's go back for a second. It's through curiosity and looking at opportunities in new ways that we will always map out our, our future path. Michael Dell, Dell Computers. So it's through curiosity and looking at opportunities. Some would say, I mean, I've had, I've had people tell me, man, you're, you're throwing way too many things up. Don't, you don't strike on enough. Hmm. You've thrown two things up and you've hit one. I I told I told Chris, sorry, man. I'm gonna when he came on, I'm I'm a I'm an idea, a thousand idea a month kind of guy. And 999 of them are bullshit. Or 990 of them are bullshit, and there's 10 of them that are like, hey, we need to put that on the radar. You know, that needs to be talked about. Because again, remember what I was saying is that I've thought of these great ideas. I'm going to put this off. I'm going to punt this for six months. Three months later, somebody did it. Like, oh, my God. Somebody had the same idea. We're not usually too brilliant. Somebody's going to figure it out. Somebody, okay, check this out. NASA, United States and Russia figured out how, how to go into space. Now a private company has. Now NASA's going, what the? Hey, you, would you guys partner up with us? See where I'm going? Is that NASA, they didn't have, I would, would anybody say that having SpaceX involved has kind of improved the space mission? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just think if NASA wouldn't have sat on their hands for as long as they did, where could they be? That's a big organization, and they even screwed it. Now, this is a great one, and this is where it comes back to, to, to respect is someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Warren Buffett. I already mentioned Dave Morris. Okay. I'm going to mention two Vince. Vince, you guys have heard who he is. I'm not going to mention his last name. And then Vince Smith, that was a local up here, changed my life when I met both of those men. Changed my life because they'd been down pathways and done things I hadn't done. One of them in a billion ways. The other one in several million ways. Okay, Walt Monique Stankwitz. When I was in my twenties, I, I, they're, they're friends. They owned a pasta manufacturing company. They're right across from my office. They changed my life. I was a twenty-something-year-old entrepreneur, and they would just shake me every once in a while. I'd go, what are you doing? And they set me on the straight road. They helped me. They helped me mature in business. Bill and Winnie Bartell, uh, the first people, I, first millionaires I knew. Uh, 14 years old, they took me to my first restaurant. I'd never been to a nice restaurant before. And it wasn't a nice restaurant. It was like a scissor level, maybe. But to me, that was gourmet. I'd never seen a salad bar. So I'm dating their daughter, and I go, what the hell is that? Salad bar. 
what the hell is a salad bar? You go up there and you get salad. So I was like, okay, can you help me? I mean, yeah, yeah. So we go up there and what's right at the beginning, the bread piece with a napkin over the top of it and a knife. And I go, what the hell is that? And she goes, well, it's fresh cooked bread. And I said, well, what do I do with it? She goes, you grab the napkin so your hand doesn't touch it and then you cut it. I was so nervous, right? They, they obviously do this all the time. And so, I, okay, I got this. She's standing right next to me. I grabbed the bread and cut right through my finger. Blood all over. They had to close the salad bar down. I was so embarrassed. I've told this story before. But Bill and Winnie taught me what, what, what life could be. That it didn't have to be on the back of a bicycle. Because I was running, detailing, off a bicycle. Okay? And I thought that I was hot shit. Every once in a while, my big brother you guys met would give me a ride. Didn't have to, I didn't have to ride my bike eight miles one way. So let's go over this. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Winston Churchill. Choose your heart, but don't think small. Now, we just I had a great conversation. I was sharing it with you, my buddy Anthony down in Texas. And he thought maybe a few months ago that he'd started it out a little weird to spend some time with him. That he started out his pricing a little high. So I talked to him this last week at Monterey. I said, hey, man, did you end up lowering pricing? He goes, no, you know, I kind of stayed with it and I'm getting busy. Now, the good news is it took him longer. The better news is by taking longer, he learned a valuable lesson. He's not going to have to dig out of a cheap hole. He set his standards pretty high. His business was building up slow, but now it's starting to gain momentum. And you know what happens to the train once it starts moving? It's pretty hard to stop. And I have a feeling he's going to be pretty hard to stop. So how many times was I told this? Okay. Think about those quotes I just gave you. And I want you guys to reflect back on this. Every single one of these things, I think most of you are going to relate to most of them or all of them. You can't make any money detailing. Okay. I, I can't tell you how many hundreds, hundreds of people have told me that in my life. You work, you can't work on those, those corporate, those people aren't going to pay you to do that. They're not going to pay you that much money. Okay. Been told that a lot of times. No one is going to pay that much for their car to be detailed. You're wasting your time. You can do better than this. Okay. You won't amount to anything. My fifth grade teacher. You'll never make any money. You'll never do anything serious. Next time, this, this one hurts. Next time, maybe you'll write a serious book. That was somebody really close to me. Well, I sold 100,000 copies of the first one. The second one's going to be even bigger. So personal story. I wanted to be my own boss since a little boy. One hey, thing real, real, real quick, Rennie, before yep. you get into that, we got a great comment from Crystal Clean Detailing. I'm going to pull up because related to making money and prices, um, I, don't, I don't know their name, but Crystal Clean Detailing says, I took your class at Mobile Tech last year and you talked about upping your prices if you're booked out. Came back home and increased them twice and now I'm still booked out two months at a time. I just didn't see how valuable I really am. And thank oh, you. Oh, that right there. That's gold. Thank you so much. I didn't see how valuable I really am. We're all missing that mark. Now, you can't go your, your freshman year in business. Freshman year is not one year in business. Freshman year is one to five years, one to seven years. So I'm right there. 
It's a little longer than that. But you can get to your sophomore year and start being a little greedy. Okay? Your freshman years shouldn't be cheap. But you, you, you don't have the reputation yet. You can't bring in – now, there are a few people that can. There are a few one- and two-year newbies operating like a 20-year veteran. There's a lot of 20-year veterans operating like a newbie. It goes both ways. So I want to be my own boss. Once that scout leader – when I was platoon leader – thank you. That's the word I was looking for. When they gave me the power of becoming platoon leader, I realized at that point, I sure like being the boss. Okay? And so I went, I did it. I became self-employed. Now, I was told at one point I'd only be a factory worker at best. Okay? That'd be the only thing I'd ever do. I wanted to be a soldier. Really did. A little later in life, I gladly serve. I love being a chief warrant officer. Um, I figured out a way. I wanted to be a SAR. I wanted to do search and rescue. For thirty over 30 years, hundreds of missions, impacting hundreds of lives, dozens and dozens and dozens of families. Um, I did it. I want to help people in small business by writing a book. I was told I'd never be smart enough. There's no way I could ever write a book. I did it. I wanted to be a police officer. Really did. And I proudly served badges behind me with San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. I had some amazing, I, I get teary eyed. I was, I, I flew. I did wilderness apprehensions. Um, my partner was killed. Um, one of the proudest things in my life was doing community policing in my community. One of the happiest things I ever did. Now, mind you, I did all that part-time. How? I volunteered. I figured out a way. I lived all my dreams. So as I look back at my life, I was recently, and I've shared this before, as I was sitting, I was really complex every year I do. And every, every quarter, by the way, guys, I still do this. I started this this year. As I write a note to myself, and this one says October 1st, if you look at these, every quarter, I write my goal sheets down. I, I haven't hit all my goals. Um, this last one, uh, this, this next one, when I open it up, I will cross off 80% of them. 80%. I don't even remember what's on here. This is a big list. But I also took and made that same list when I was young. And I am very proud that I was able to do the things, even if it was part-time, part-time soldier. Some people would say, would take, oh, man, Calgar, you're, you're, it's not soldiering. Yeah, it is. Some people say reserve deputy. You know what? Some of the deputies gave me a hard time until I was backing them up. You know, and they figured out I'm a freaking, uh, I'm, I'm a pit bull, man. I might be short, but, you know, if you get in a fight, I'm not a bad dude to have around. And I don't quit. And I don't leave anybody behind. You know, uh, search and rescue is that, you know, I've reached the top ranks. I just went through a special class in search and rescue that not many people in the world get to go through. It was an honor. Now, I did all this as an entrepreneur. And my proudest moment in all of this I did is one of the things that I set out with Diane is that in 2004, I saw that we'd done something pretty cool. That would really change the opinion of people buying details. And I told her, I said, somehow I want to teach other people that that don't haven't had the opportunities I've had to do this. I said, what do you think about starting a training school up? And it really changed my life. Out of everything I've done in life, of seeing other people succeed, and not just change their lives income-wise, 
It's changing their lives on teaching them that they don't have to work their asses off nonstop to make a living and that they got to go enjoy life. Let me tell you, when I show up in the mountain, I've said this many times, it's probably the worst day of your life, whether it's on foot or they drop me off by helicopter. Pretty, pretty shitty day in your life. Now, it could be a good one because we just found you. But if you're injured, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Now, today it's a lot better. We got a lot of support and helicopters hoist, everything else that we do that we couldn't, we didn't have 20, 30 years ago. So even search and rescue's changed. We call it now uh, search and cell phone, you know, because everybody gets on, watches Discovery Channel, watches Bear Giles get out there. They take their knife with them. They're going to climb a waterfall, and then they fall, you know, and then they get they can reach their phone and hit 911. And then we got to figure out, triangulate where the hell they're at, you know, so it's really changed things. Now, one of these things is, is that. Um. Your mentors, the people in your life, the people that have, that even if they've only played a small role, they played a bigger role than what you think. Okay. The one thing that I've noticed in everybody inside and outside this industry, those that pay tribute and realize, listen, all those mentors, Bill and Winning, they didn't do it for me. Okay. They didn't make me successful. They created the pathway and they shortened the trip. Uh, Walt Monique, they didn't do it for me. They're not, they never lay him claim, but they know the importance because I tell them. And I couldn't have done it without them. It would have taken me a lot longer. I wouldn't have been here without any of these people. Just wouldn't have. They created opportunity for me by freeing my mind and, and showing me and give me opportunity. Dave Morris would not be here. 100% would not be here if his family wouldn't have had us over for Thanksgiving. We're kind of down on our luck. And he didn't care. And we still can't stay in contact today. Wouldn't be shocked if he's listening. Okay? Guy that flew for Google. I mean, powerful dude. Tw tens of thousands of flight hours in jets. One of the most giving guys I've ever known. So this, I'm going to end this with this. Now, guys, I want you guys to write this down. This is a quote, and I dare you. I dare you to think about this all day and all night. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know where you come from. I don't know your background. I don't know any of that. I don't really care. But one of my favorite people was Bruce, Bruce Lee. I love this guy. The guy was so such a renaissance man, such a badass, a true badass. And he said this, to hell with circumstances, I create opportunities. Bruce Lee. So, circumstance, you might be broke, so be it. You might be mentally broken, so be it. You might be physically broken, so be it. You might not have the, the education, so be it. Go fix it. Create the opportunities. You have a chance every day when you wake up. You know, the first thing I did is it's, it's, it's no secret. I love walking my dogs. Got up at six this morning, a little before six. Started, uh, my brother already come out and made some coffee. Took my dogs out. And I never go with my phone. Never. And I remember looking up and through the pine trees is this beautiful sunrise. And it's about seven different shades of colors. I went, what a freaking cool day to be alive. How cool is it that I looked up and I can enjoy the simplest thing of a sunrise. Because let me tell you, in the last few weeks, 
our family woke up and those sunrises weren't so I didn't even notice them. We went through some really, really scary times the last few weeks. And and during that, I never lost my faith and I never lost my thankful for, for thankfulness. You know, Bob and Dave changed my life. I changed theirs. You know, that's how we work. So you change each other's lives. You give other people opportunity and you take opportunity. And, and as Warren Buffett said, is that someone sitting in the shade because they planted a tree a long time ago. What's your shade tree going to look like? You're young. Plant those trees. Plant them big. Water them. And then, as you get a little older, learn to coast. If you're older and you're just planting those trees, plant the damn trees and coast in between the watering. Okay? Enjoy the ride because soon enough, it'll all be over. So, hey, I wanted to take thanks for joining us today. You know, this is kind of a different discussion. Um, but it was something, you know, I, you guys don't know, and I'll show you guys after this, but if I scan through on my phone, I've got, I've got hundreds of these topics, hundreds, and I get them from the weirdest spot. One of, one of the, one of the coaches on Peloton, one of the, one of the trainers, man, he throws out some wisdom sometimes and he'll say something. And I'm like, Hey, Siri, put down in my notes, you know, and I'm yelling, I'm yelling to put notes down. You don't know where the influence is going to come from. You know, I'm, I'm going to learn something from every single one of you this week. I'm taking things away already from every single one of you. You're a big dude, powerful dude. No, seriously, in life and everything else. You know what I took away from you yesterday? Appreciative. You And you're not scared to say it. That was cool. As powerful as man as you are, you're even more powerful with your words and your kindness and your heart. Took that away from you yesterday. One sentence you said, I went, this dude has got his heart and his mind centered. And I'll share with you all, I've already taken something, a little, little, little pieces away from each one of you. Each one of you. And so don't be afraid to be impacted greatly by people you don't even know. Simple as that. Hey, if you've enjoyed this, make sure to share it. I love to get emails from you guys. Rennie at DetailingSuccess.com. Uh, give us some thoughts of what you thought about this past shows or what we need to bring into the future. Uh, I just, I love hearing from you guys. We have one. I don't want to be Joe Rogan, a podcast, but I can't be Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan. That's the other day. Don't compare yourself to other people. You know, um, Joe Rogan's badass. I don't pretend to ever be. Honestly, that's not my mission. Chris and I'll tell you our one mission is one person impact every, every single podcast. One. We have multiple. We have a lot of messages sent to us. A lot of people reaching out. I don't care. I want one. I want one person. So with that, hey, thanks everybody. Chris, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Drive really safe. And, yeah, I'll uh, be there. Uh, I'll be there soon. And uh, I want to throw out real quick. You know, uh, not too many details yet, but we're working on something fun for SEMA. So uh, really fun. If you guys, you know, and this is another one of those. Uh, you know, if not you then who kind of a situations right you know rennie uh back in 2019 after our party up there you know we kind of noticed a missed opportunity and so we're acting on it and so this year's party is going to be pretty cool and uh we've got it's a gonna, big goal for it and it's it gonna involves, lift the entire industry up and it's not right. lifting it's the entire industry is going to put sema sema on notice that hey we're here because they don't right. know we're here. So, so keep your keep your eyes open for that, guys. We we would love your support of that in any way can, not necessarily 
uh, financially, but even just sharing it, you know, when, hey, when you start seeing that stuff. You know, and I, I'm going to do a call out real quick. I completely forgot to do this. I'm glad, glad you slowed me down, Chris. Joe LaPalma from IGL. Most of us know him. You know, he's out of Canada. Um, Joel took and had a, 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 a recent, um, he had a heart attack. Could have killed him. And I saw a post recently by him where, you know, Joe's a hockey player. He's a lot of people don't know. He was the enforcer in hockey. He's a guy that's my height, not a big guy. But I've seen film of him when they turn him loose on the on the ice just to go beat somebody up. And 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 he was like a buffed out flea that would just mess some people up until the end of his career. And he got a guy that was just, uh, you know, just freaking Goliath. And and you see Joe, Joel go in and, and start beating on the guy. And then all of a sudden the guy doesn't move and, and the guy just hits Joel and Joel goes back like five feet. And you see Joel just just running from the guy. He's like, oh, screw that, you know. Joel is one tough dude. My applaud Joel for standing up and, and a, I'm glad you're okay, buddy. Cause you are a great asset to this industry, but B I love to see that you're fighting this thing. That you're getting back in shape that you're dedicated to bring yourself back to good health. It really took and inspired me and it touched me to see his post. So go check it out and give him good wishes. Uh, Cause he's a, he's a true asset to us all. But uh, I was pretty impressed by that with that. We got some work to do on some cars. We're out of here. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next time.